0: 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Good evening, and welcome to another evening of Dr. Cliff Burton Friends featuring the absolute very best in all of women's sports and HBCU Athletics. We're ready to get going tonight. We have a great show for you, and I'm going to introduce my co-host to working with me tonight. We'll start off, Dr. Marlo Kemp. Hello, Dr. Kemp. Tell everybody hello.
1: Yeah, good evening, everyone. Good evening, Dr. Burke. Good evening, Steve.
0: All righty. Thanks so much, Dr. Kemp. And of course, <clears throat> this is time of year. to <laughs> start salivating March Madness. None other than Coach Stephen Wright out of the Music City. Coach Steve, tell him hello.
2: Hello, everyone. Dr. Burke, Dr. Kemp. Hope everybody's doing well this evening.
0: All righty. Thanks so much. And we have um a co-host working in the chat box tonight with us, uh, Jeff. He'll be back with us next week. Give us a great segment. And uh, we, tonight, uh, our Hall of Famer, Joelle Bowers, has the night off. But she said that uh, she's looking forward to coming back next week and getting started with us again. And so uh, here we go. The last week, before we go to Black History Month, we're celebrating the birth of the dreamer, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And we remember he was born January 15th, 1929, and he was assassinated April 4th in 1968. This Christian minister, activist, political philosopher, was one of the most prominent leaders in the civil rights movement from 55 until his assassination in 68. This month, we celebrate his birthday. We also celebrate and saddened by the loss of his son, Dexter King. And many say, years after his dream, that the dream has not yet been realized, but like he said, he may not get there with you, but we as a people will get to the promised land. So Dr. King, and anybody can type in the chat, tell us as we come this last week, Dr. Bender from down Alabama, tell us what are your thoughts as we come to the end of this month for Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday, Dr. Kim?
1: Yes, thanks, Dr. Burt. You know, I just think it's wonderful that of course we are acknowledging always um, during this time we definitely can't forget everything that he has done for us and I you know truly believe if it wasn't for um, his work his hard work is along with other people that others would not be able to benefit from for from the civil rights movement that um, they definitely helped to establish um, you know throughout uh, all those years um, a while a long time ago so we are definitely grateful to Dr. King and everyone that worked with him for just helping to move us forward as a people, and hopefully we will never forget and continue his dream and his legacy.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much there, uh, uh, Dr. Kemp. Uh, Steve, we're gonna come to you next. Thanks, Dr. Kemp. Steve, your thoughts as we are ending the month of Dr. Martin King's birthday, of course ending the Black History Month, So it really doesn't stop. But uh, your thoughts, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.
2: Well, you know, uh, with uh, his son Dexter dying, Mm -hmm. it reminded me of the relationship that we got to see through pictures and video of of, uh, Dr. King with uh, his wife and his children and what a good family man he was. And during the time when he was fighting for rights of not only us as black people but for everyone how at that time to also still be a loving uh, husband and father and uh, like dr kemp said a, a lot of the things he's done uh, he's he's pushed us forward and now we need somebody else to come out and be that type of leader that can push us even further and and don't let all that he worked for fall by the wayside. We still have time, and uh, I just couldn't believe Dexter and I. Uh, I think Dexter was sixty-one or sixty-two. Yeah. So uh, me being sixty-one, you know that you know that kind of hits close to home. Mm-hmm. But uh, may God bless his soul and his family.
0: Yes. Thank you so much, Steve. <laughs> Martin Luther King, Jr. Now. We celebrated some other birthdays this month. One of those, of course, was Miss Michelle Obama, our first lady, who had a birthday this month. Now, this is gonna have a little bit of fun. There's another legend. She was born January 11th, 1971. American singer, rapper, songwriter, and known as the queen of hip hop soul. Multiple Emmy Award and Grammy Awards winner, none other than Miss. Mary J. Blige, Uh, Dr. Kemp, coming to you, Mary's back. (laughs) (laughs) She was born this month and she's definitely a force to be reckoned with as well in our culture. But tell me your thoughts on Mary J. Blige.
1: I love it. I love it, Dr. Burt. Thanks Mm -hmm. for just bringing uh, the recognition (laughs) to our sister, Mary J. Blige. uh, Mary J is just one of those women that you know. What can you say? She just does it all and can do it all, regardless of you know what's going on or what has gone on in her life, where she started from. I remember going to her concert. I mean, back in Tennessee, um, and it she was phenomenal, and I, I don't even think I realized it back then. But she has so many talents, you know, from an actress to a musician, songwriter, um, motivated, motivational speaker, because Mary says she don't want any more drama in her life. And I can <laughs> definitely relate to that. Come on now. <laughs> no more drama. Mary
0: J Blas Steve. Mary J. Hey. <laughs>
1: Like almost
2: what uh, Dr. Kip was saying, all I really want is to be happy. <laughs> uh what a phenomenal career. You start as a singer, you're actress, you, you motivation for for young women, black women. She she has shared her struggles. Yes. Her struggles have been in the public and she's handled them tremendously. Um uh and she's fought back after you know, going through what she did with, with her husband and, and, and she, she had to grow, go through that and she stood through it. She was strong, stood the test of time and she's come out on top and Marlo that concert you went to, I believe that my wife was there Mm. because I remember her talking about, uh, what a great concert it was, but that's your home girl, uh, Cliff, you know, uh, you know, she's a New Yorker. I think she's from, <laughs> Yonkers. She's from Yonkers. And so, uh, yeah. shout out to Mary J.
0: Yes, sir. Hip hop legend, a force to be reckoned with and a motivation and everything else. We love her, Mary J. Blige. Now, a story I wanna to get to, we often talk about the struggles of women in the corporate world, but there's also a struggle for women in the academic world. And uh, recently, a young lady, Antoinette Candia, Candia Bailey. Uh, she was born in 19, I believe, 74, and she committed suicide January 8, 2024. Now, she was an American academic administrator, and she was the vice president for student affairs at Lincoln University. Uh, and not too long into it changed, she hadn't been there that long, that uh, she discussed on the day of her suicide, or left a note that she was being harassed and bullied by the president of the university and that led to her committing uh, suicide. And this was her alma mater. May 1st of 2023, she returned to her alma mater after serving several other institutions in the administrative position. And uh, this story, she committed suicide but the harassment of women and let's just say women of color in the academic world is uh not that uncommon so dr kemp i want you to comment on this um first and then uh steve we're coming to you on the story with miss candia
1: Such a tragedy, um, Dr. Burt, and again, so happy that you brought this story up um, to the forefront. It's just, it's very sad and it saddens me, you know, that Dr. Bailey just was pretty much going through this. um, And, you know, it's like she tried to go to her um, peer supervisors just to let them know. And, um, allegedly, it just seems like they didn't care. You know, they mm. you know act like they did not care um, of her concerns. And I'm pretty sure it just it well, we see it just got to the point where she just could not, you know, take it anymore. You know, you she's working hard, you could tell she's probably was working hard and then just receiving a poor evaluation. and it's just, you know, kind of like you just accept what we give you. Um, and and that just tragically led to um, her committing suicide. You know, just being it, it's just really sad. You know, she was a native of my hometown, so it really you know hit hit home for me after just reading about um, you know about this story. And it's, it's just um, my heart goes out to her family friends. Um, Sorority sisters, you know, the Greek family, just just everyone who knew her, her students, um, you know, those at Lincoln University um, It's just, it's tragic and this should just open up our eyes to just be more vigilant and definitely help um, those when they're reaching out to us, um, especially as they always say mental health is definitely real. Yeah. and bullying yeah. is and bullying is too. So yeah. we definitely have to um, come together to do something about this.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's an ongoing investigation uh, into the president uh, on this bullying incident and uh, we'll follow up on that. Steve, what are your thoughts on this sad story? Uh, Professor Kandia Bailey, African-American woman, committed suicide and left a note on January 8th to the president, Letting him and everyone else know the reason for her suicide was because of his excess bullying and mistreatment of her. What's your thoughts, Steve?
2: Well, like Marlo said, she she went through all the pop, proper channels, and it seems to me, like, and, and I'm just piggybacking on what Marlo said. They blew her off. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not important. And mental health. Also, like Marlo said, mental health is it can be fragile and you don't know everybody is uh, uh reacts to being having their buttons pushed in a different way yeah and you know i hate there's so many things said about suicide when i was teaching we had to uh every year do um a questionnaire and take a test on uh, suicide because of uh one kid um here and we knew the family Cliff, you know the family, uh, but it's the Jason Foundation. And one of our old high school classmates, Glenn Rancorn, it was his cousin, and he committed a suicide. Wow. And there was no warning. Nobody had any idea. And everything was just normal up until he did it. Wow. And so, you know, when I think of suicide, a lot of people say that suicide is a selfish act. And and, and, and you know, I can, I can understand that, but do you imagine how much pain you have to be in to take your own life?
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: You have to be in some deep pain to take your own life. And I just hope her, I just hope that her family can somehow find some kind of peace.
0: Yeah
2: with the positive outcome in this case, because it's obvious that she was driven to it.
0: Yeah, we'll keep up with the story, Steve. Um, you know, we talk about it in the corporate world, but we don't talk about the bullying that goes on in the academic world and clearly is there and clearly needs to be monitored. So uh, we will keep up with this story. Thanks so much, Steve. Thanks so much, Marlo. And uh, we're gonna talk about our woman of the month it's the last week with her the legendary of course C Vivian Stringer and again uh this legend over 1055 wins uh four NCAA regional final four championships three Big East regular titles six Big Ten regular season championships she's a Naismith College Coach of the Year winner 1993 two-time WBCA National Coach of the Year 1988 1993 NCAA Wade Trophy National Coach of the Year nineteen eighty-two and a two-time Converse National Coach of the Year nineteen eighty-eight and nineteen ninety-three. She we could go on and on, sports illustrated coach of the year ninety-three, but that is none other than the legendary C Vivian Stringer. One more time, Dr. Kemp, give us your thoughts. Uh, Women of the Month, none other than Coach C Vivian Stringer, retired from Rutgers.
1: Oh, Dr. Bird! I hate to see Dr. Stringer. Um, us. This is the last last Tuesday of the month with uh, talking discussing Dr. Stringer, but I know we have you know others coming behind her because she definitely set the standard. Yeah. Um, for other young coaches, as we always say, um, she is definitely a wonderful role model. Um, just a coach to look up to. I'm just so happy that we were able to showcase her. Um, and then they also just to bring up, they also have a um, the C. Vivian Stringer Child Development Center was dedicated to her on September 9th, 2008. Yeah. Um, and it was actually headquartered in um, Oregon, so yeah. um, it is like a 35,000 square foot facility. And so, I, you know, what can you say? Um, you know, she just is just a legend, and yeah. Has definitely coached
0: a wonderful <laughs> <story>. <laughs> Definitely been a role model for many countries especially in the African American community. All righty, Steve, Coach C.
2: Bibian Stringer. Well, she was a trailblazer. She she blazed a path. She had a, she set a high standard, not only as a coach, but as a Black woman and a human being and an individual that uh, any coach could follow but especially black women and we have several black division one women coaches now and uh right now it looks like dawn is uh, uh uh taking that and going to another level with it but you have to know that coach stringer was the one that gave anyone the impetus that it could be done and the drive that it takes and uh she's she should be proud of what she has done especially in women's basketball for everyone
0: yeah and, and steve i believe last year in the ncaa division one tournament there were 11 or 12 african-american women coaching division one programs so hey see yeah. vivian stringer yeah she lives on she lives on all right we want to revisit a woman in second of the month now with all of our tremendous guests we've had the last few weeks, we haven't talked about her much, but let's talk about her. This is G. Bimasola Abadu. okay? She is the NBA vice president of uh, operations in Nigeria. And there's something special she's done. She's done a lot of things special, but she's the founder and managing partner of an organization, P, uh, uh BMGA Enterprise Limited, okay? And it is an ed tech finishing school for the future of work. The company provides social and marketing intelligence that optimizes the productivity of people and organizations. BMGA has curated resident courses for professionals to address specific soft skills that are essential in the business climate across Africa. The course is designed with the BMGA mythology which factors in several things, anthropological, she is preparing Africa and future executives in Africa to bring the NBA to Africa. And she has a tremendous video out. You can look at and see the interview. But this woman is a trailblazer, and she's from the continent of Africa. G. B. Masola Abadu, our woman executive of the month. Dr. Kemp, what do you think about Miss abadu This
1: is one bad young lady. Uh, uh, once again, I don't know where you find him, Dr. Bird, but man, she is after just reading about her and then hearing um that interview on yeah. YouTube. Um, She is just she you could tell she's passionate about what she does. Um, Her whole goal is to just broaden the horizons for young men and young women. And just to Just allow us to see another form of, you know, it's not just the United States is doing basketball or other sports. Um, she's making the connection where the USA and Africa um basketball can be connected. Um, and we actually see that in the number of players um, in that's actually in the league. From Nigeria and other countries, you know, which she is working so hard and being motivated to just bring, um, like you said, the NBA to Africa, she is one bad young lady.
0: Yes, she is. I hope everybody gets to read her. G. B. Masola Abadu, And uh, Steve, she's inspired to learn about the game of basketball because she fell in love. With the Mamba, Kobe Bryant.
2: Uh-huh. What's your thought, Steve? G. B. Masola, Abudu. Well, you already got me with, with the Kobe Bryant thing. You <laughs> know that, that was that was my guy. Yeah. But the, the the things that she has done are are just 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 awesome. But think of where she is going to take yeah. this. What she's doing now. She is going to do an an, an even more incredible job with where she's going to take it. Uh, Like I said, we have several, several basketball players from Africa and she's going to make strides with men's and women's basketball with uh, the exposure she's getting. and, and, And like Marlo said, the passion she has, the driving passion she has, you know, you can't match it and so i'm just proud of her and proud for her
0: yeah and steve that's one on our list that we're gonna see if we can reach out and and, and get on this show because um she's just quite a thing just quite, quite um, oh yeah all righty now we've been keeping up with volleyball all season long and we said we were going to stress it and we have we're also bringing on, as we talked about, the Division Three National Championship Coach Heather Pavlik on February thirteenth. Uh, she's won sixty-five straight games from the Juniata Eagles. Okay, but volleyball is taking a step that the WNBA took some years ago. Uh, there is now, as of January twenty-fourth, a professional volleyball league here in the United States. There are seven teams. They played their first match out in Omaha and a crowd of 11,624 showed up at the CHI Health Center and they set an attendance record, of course. So I want everybody's thoughts now. Hey, it looks like volleyball is finally here to stay as a profession. So I'm coming to you, Dr. Kemp, coming to you first. Uh, and I wanna say hello to Dr. Hamilton, who is joining joined the show, but we now have a professional volleyball team in the United States. Dr. Kemp, your thoughts.
1: Oh man, I think it's wonderful. You know, we talked about it so much, but I think maybe we had something to do. You think we <laughs> had something to do <laughs> with covering, you know, it's just, we put it out there, but I think it's just wonderful that they are finally, finally get a pro volleyball um, federation. And we already know that it's going to be um, a huge following is something that the young ladies can actually look, Look forward to, um, you know, joining and making the teams you know after college. Um, I think it's definitely well overdue. Um, so I think it's exciting, it's going to definitely be exciting, especially you know, with the Olympics coming up and um, so just it's just amazing. So, yeah, I'm just happy. I'm happy for the,
0: yeah, our ladies were having to go overseas and play so often, and now they have a league home side. I'm gonna come to Jim Waddell, Jim, Jimmy, what do you think? about the new professional federation league that just started in January. Dim?
3: Yeah. Hey, I think it's great. Anytime, like like uh, my co-host said, that we can get people to stay home and not have to go overseas to play, it's just great. Can't beat it.
0: Oh, yeah. So the six teams, uh, I don't have all the cities down, but we're going to have to definitely um, follow this, continue to promote it. And uh, let's, let's support this league. So, we want to welcome our five engaged. We have five engaged listeners and counting, along with the seven or eight in the chat room. And uh, let's talk one more thing before we get into our basketball scores. This past week in, at the Australian Open, uh, in the women's division, Ariana Sabalenka has won her second or third uh, women's singles title. I think she knocked off Coco Golf in the semifinals, and Coco, I believe, beat her last year here in the US Open. So um, congratulations, Ariana Sabalenka. But then there's a young man in the men's division, 22 years old. Last name is Skinner. He knocked off Djokovic in the semifinals and then got to the finals and lost the first two sets and came back and won the next three. He's from Italy. Steve, I don't know if you saw that match, but what do you think about this young man, Skinner, who has just won the men's uh, division uh, in the... uh, uh, the
2: open down under Australian Open, first Grand Slam of the year. Uh, uh he that was, I didn't really see a lot of it, you know, just bits and pieces, some highlights. Yeah, but he's a real deal. Uh, he fearless, yeah. Uh, went in, I, I think he went in expecting to win. Yeah, and uh, the last match he had with uh, Medvedev was it Medvedev, he yeah. Yep. Uh, it, it was no doubting why he was there I'm not just here and glad I made it I'm here to whip you yeah and that's exactly what he did Yeah, very impressive and I think uh what is he 22
0: 22 years old
2: yeah yeah uh, he very impressive he's here to stay he's yeah. here to stay
0: yeah on the women's side Jim uh Coco golf did well made it to the semis uh, she's the only American that made that car Uh, But there was a Chinese young lady, uh, Z, I know it's a name, who made it to the finals, who lost to Sabalika. Uh, I don't know if you got to see it, Jim, but what are your thoughts about Z and, of course, Sabalika returning back to the top? Sabalika was on top for a short period of time, and then Swiatek knocked her off a few years ago, and now she's back on top.
3: What are your thoughts, Jim? And I I think, uh, actually, uh, she avenged the loss to Coco Golf in the semifinals by defeating her. Yeah. But you know she's very good. Women's tennis is in a good place right now. You have a lot of good players. And this Z came out of nowhere to get to the finals, mm-hmm. which is you know great. And uh, you know even mentioning that uh, our girl from uh, they just had the baby. She lost in the first round, but she's still getting out there competing. Naomi, Naomi, she'll be Naomi, back on top. Naomi Osaka.
0: Yeah, she'll be back on top. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah.
0: So you're right, Jim. It's in a great place. Great place. Uh, we're going to keep up with it, and uh, we're going to get uh, Ms. Townsend to come back on with us one of these days, but we're going to um, take a quick break. We're going to come back now with our scores, CIAA basketball, of course. March Madness, warming up, SIAC, GCAC, women and Men's. We're coming right back in about 60 seconds. All righty, here we go. Welcome back. Dr. Gilbert and Francis from the absolute very best in all the women's sports and HBCU athletics. Now, coming up in about a month, we have the CIAA tournament, which starts, I believe, around February 28th. It runs through that Sunday, which I believe is March 3rd. And also the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference runs that same time. And then the following week in division two the siac starts their basketball tournament march madness march 3rd that's sunday and it runs on saturday at march 9th uh the ciaa is in baltimore the gulf coast conference will be down in Stillman college in tuscaloosa and the siac will be on the campus of savannah state so let's get ready for march madness now here we go the women's standings in the in the Northern Division, this is just a conference record, Virginia Union 3-0, Elizabeth City State 3-0, Virginia State 2-1, Lincoln 1-2, Bowie State 0-3, Bluefield State 0-3, Claflin College, now in the Southern Division 4-0, Fairville State 3-1, Johnston Smith 3-1, Shaw 2-2, Liberty one 1-3, Winston-Salem State 1-3, and St. Augustine College is 0-4. Action coming up this Wednesday. Uh, Bowie State, we have Virginia State visiting them, Elizabeth City State of Virginia Union, Claflin and Fayetteville State, Livingston and St. Augustine's, and Bluefield State is at Lincoln of PA. That's the action in the CIAA this week. Now, let's go to the SIAC. And we have the Eastern and Western Division conference scores only. Savannah State eight and three, Fort Valley State eight and four, Clark Atlanta six and six, and Waters, four and eight, Albany State four and nine, Allen two and eight, and Benedict one and eleven. And in the Western Division, Miles is twelve and zero, Kentucky State ten and two, Lane eight and four, Tuskegee seven and five, Lamoine zero and five and seven, and Central State four and eight, as well as Springfield. They're bringing up the rear at four and eight. Now this Wednesday, this is the action. Women's action in the SIAC. Tuskegee's at Spring Hill. Edward Waters at Allen. Central State is at lamont Owen. Fort Valley State is at Clark Atlanta. Kentucky State is at Lane. And Savannah State is at Benedict. Now, let's move on. The very competitive women's division in the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. The defending champions, Rust, they are nine. There's a conference records, nine and one. Fisk, nine and two. Philander Smith, nine and two dillard eight and four and then the remainder of the league wiley is six and six oakwood four and six talladega three and six tuggler three and seven southern university two and ten and the virgin islands hasn't gotten on the board yet they are oh and nine so it's that's what we have in the gulf coast athletic conference now in division one I, I want to get some opinions here uh, just going through the first five, South Carolina is still undefeated at 19-0, Dawn Staley, Kansas State, 20-1, number two, Iowa, Caitlin Clark, 19-2, Stanford, 19-2, number four, and NC State, 18-2. Jim, what do you think about the women's standings and women's college basketball? Can anybody beat South Carolina in the regular season? What are your thoughts, Jim?
3: Well, South Carolina just defeated LSU. Mm-hmm this week which is probably their main competition but lSU lost again to uh blah, 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 Mississippi state yeah later on this week i think that you know just like last year last year they were undefeated till they got to the final four so i think that and they have uh completely turned over that lineup they had all senior starters last year yeah so south carolina is doing real well
0: yeah uh,
3: kudos state- to John Staley
0: yes 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 steve what are your thoughts and we come to you next dr kemp on uh south carolina state and then talk about iowa and caitlin clark and then we come to you Dr. Kemp.
2: uh like uh jim was saying uh south carolina don had to replace five starters mm-hmm. when you have to replace five starters and then you go into Hostile territory and beat the defending national champions. Uh, you know, that's saying a lot. That's that's saying that you can coach. Because you got a whole start, new starting five, and you have not skipped a beat, you might end up being better than you were last year. So, uh, like I said, uh hats off to Don Staley. And uh as far as uh Iowa and Caitlin Clark, she yeah. is what less than uh, two hundred? Well, she's got what two hundred and maybe ninety something points left to break the NCAA scoring record. And when the tournament time comes, anytime you have somebody like that that can score like that and 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 set up teammates, you know you're going to be a threat. Like say they got to the championship game last year. So, uh, and she's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see what's going to go on. I think South Carolina will uh, be there in the end. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they will at least. But uh, Don does a great job there.
0: Yep. I had another question. We'll come to Dr. Kemp and then we'll come back again. Um, even though they uh, lost four games or so, and I believe they just dropped out of the top 10, I think that uh, this is what is Coach Gino is Best coaching jobs. He's lost four starters to season ending injuries, and they are still 17 and 4. Uh, Dr. Kemp, what do you think about UConn Huskies 17 and 4? And they have lost four starters permanently for the year to injuries. And Coach m is still with him.
1: Wow. Um, and so that just tells you how um, an amazing coach that he is. You you drop down, lose four starters and your record is still 17 and four he definitely got some girls some young ladies on there that definitely wants to win and can definitely play um but i'm not surprised at the uconn huskies because they always rally back and um and always come out with um a lot of talent so um I, i'm just happy that they're still in the hunt and they, they make it exciting for everyone to watch
0: mm-hmm. thanks so much steve and then we're coming to you jim your thoughts on coach rem is coaching
2: this year this is phenomenal he's doing I I think this will rival one of the best jobs that uh Gino has done and we're talking about a man with 11 titles but when you lose starters like he has four starters you you lost Paige Beckers last year Azizi flood went down this year Mm -hmm. three more went down and they keep rolling that's a testament to his knowledge of the game, his attack, uh, uh, player development, especially player development, because they still have a target on their back, even though they're not number one, mm-hmm. it's still UConn, it's still Gino Ariema, and you cannot count them out even this year. No. So it's just, I think he's done one of his better jobs.
0: I agree, I agree. Jim. Your thoughts on Coach but before we move on with the men's basketball with Dr. Phil,
3: Jim? Okay, Cliff. I think you and I were talking about this the other day, where you know he's losing out these top recruits because of money, but he still turns out quality basketball players, and he can go basically into any home and recruit, saying, "I can make you a star, I can make you a pro," and I think this resonates with the young kids. I remember back when uh, the young lady who was uh, p- pitching in the Little League World Series, her goal was to play for UConn and you know mm-hmm. And there are a lot of girls out there that you know just want to play for him. Yeah. So.
0: And, and I believe Jim, he's had the same assistant all these years. I can't remember her name, but she's a dynamite coach as well. His first assistant, I can't remember her name. But she's been with them all these years. So and you know people are trying to take her away. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. you know, loyalty being a husky. All right. Thanks so much. Now, Dr. Kemp, we're gonna come with you, come to you. Uh, tell us what's going on in the men's division, CIAA, S I A C, and the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference before we go to commercial.
1: All right, sure, Dr. Burton. CIAA, the men's basketball standings, the the Northern Division: We have Lincoln out of Pennsylvania. Division record is three and zero. Virginia Union is three and zero. Virginia State record is one and two. Elizabeth City State one and two. Bowie State one and two. Bluefield Bluefield State zero and three. In the Southern Division, we have Claflin three and one. Fayetteville State three and one. Shaw University two and two. St. Augustine, two and two, Livingston, two and two, Winston-Salem State, two and three, and Johnson C. Smith, one and four. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: In the SIAC League, we have the East and the West divisions. In the East division, we have Benedict in conference, conference record is nine and two, Morehouse is nine and three, Clark Atlanta Mm -hmm. records eight and three, Edward Waters is seven and five. Savannah State, six and six. Allen is five and six. Albany State, five and seven. Fort Valley State, four and seven. The Western Division of the SIAC men's basketball standings: we have Spring Hill, eight and four. Mouse College, seven and four. Tuskegee, seven and six. Lane College, five and seven. LeMoy Owens, four and eight. Kentucky State, three and nine. And Central State bringing up the rear, one and 11.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In the GCAC, men's basketball standing, we have Belander Smith, 11 and one. Talladega is seven and one. T- uh, Tougaloo, Mississippi is eight and two. Wiley College in Texas is six and six. Our team, Fifth University out of Tennessee is five and five. Southern University at New Orleans is five and six. Dillard University is five and seven. Mm -hmm. Russ College is three and seven. The Virgin Islands is one and eight. And Oakwood College is one and nine. Everybody,
0: thank you so much. We're gonna take a quick break, we'll be right back. Jim, we'll take a few some football and also some things about academics that are going on. back. Dr. Cliff Burton's friends speaking the absolute very best in all of women's sports and HBU at Athletics. We want to welcome my engaged listeners. We have about 10 on the line, also the seven or eight that are in our chat box. And um, tonight, she's not here with us, but uh, it's our other co-host, uh, uh, and, um, Ms. Bowers. And we also have Trey Williams, who's also not with us. They have the night off. They'll be back next week. But we do have with us James.
3: Jim Waddell, tickets away. Football well 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 i think we finally have some clarity on some of the hirings and going on in black hbcu college football all right <clears throat> first of all texas southern central chris instrument they had wanted fred mcnair brother of steve mcnair but that wasn't uh, enough high splashy hires so they looked at a lot of guys to play pro football and finally got from oiler Chris Sam U. the uh, Alumni Association did not like their first pick. So they went and got James Colby. Benedict, which lost Tennis Berry to go to South Carolina State, decided on picking Ron Dickerson Jr. as their head coach. And then you get to the PWI, in the final four teams in the uh, NCAA Division Football Bowl Subdivision, uh, three of them will have a new coach. Mm-hmm. Alabama, after the retirement of possibly the greatest coach, college coach ever, Nick Saban, went out and got the young man. I can't pronounce his name from Washington. Michigan, as it was rumored, you know, Jim Harbaugh wanted to go once he won an NCAA title. He told an interviewer that he said that, you know, he was going to the pros because they don't have a Lombardi trophy in the NCAA. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants to be in that group of about three coaches that have won an NCAA title and a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Jim, Jim, we're coming right there. I want
0: you to get Steve and Marlo's thoughts. Steve, on Coach Nick Saber.
2: What do you think? He has an unmatched commitment to excellence. He's one of the people, although I'm a basketball coach, he's one of the people that I listen to and uh, get knowledge from every time I listen to him. Um, I remember him making a statement in practice one day don't practice until you get it right, practice till you can't get it wrong. Wow. And um, he is just, and he's won seven titles, and he's won them at every different NCAA way they gave you to win it. Mm-hmm. When you at the top teams going to win it, then we had a playoff. He won it. He's won it in every way. And the thing about it is, he adjusts with the times. You know, he used to be all Smash Mouth. Then he adjusted with the times, and they started throwing it all over the lot. Uh, and he was just the greatest college coach uh, that we've ever had. And uh, I'm gonna miss him. He was the reason I liked Alabama. Yeah.
3: Because
2: if he wasn't there, no. Nah, I wouldn't like Alabama. Yeah. Jim, keep going. Well,
3: you know, I think with Payton to Lester said Harbaugh, we're losing a lot of our good coaches. And a lot of the problem is that no one wants to deal with these new rules about NIL transfer portal. It's a mess. Mm -hmm. You look, Tennessee is in some trouble football wise for name, image, and likeness. And and, you know the NCAA let it come in and unregulated. And now they're trying to go back and regulate it. So it's just a mess. Yeah. But, you know, Nick Saban probably one of the best. Alabama was after Bear Bryant was floundering for I'd say about twenty, twenty-five years. And he came in, and I believe in his second or third year won a national title. Yeah. I think played for it in his second year, won it in his third year. So, you know harbaugh same thing with michigan after bo left and you know they they floundered around with rich rodriguez and some other people and they finally got a michigan man to come in here clean it up and get it going and instantly enough michigan hired their first black coach Moore, who i think will you know if they leave his coaching staff somewhat intact should do a good job Mm Mm-hmm. You know, go behind Nick Saban. And Kayla DeBore is guy's name. It's probably one of the hardest things to do. No one wanted that job. Mm-hmm. They went to sarkees I think they went to Kirby Smart, who probably has just as good a thing as Georgia. They mm-hmm. went, uh, you know, they talked about Dabo. Dabo, he wouldn't work there because he's not an N I L or a transport portal guy. But they, they looked at a lot of people. I surprised them pros. Yeah, And no one wants to follow the greatest. And I I, I don't blame anybody for that. Mm. I wish Kalen DeBoer the best. I don't know how a guy who's done most of his work on the West Coast is going to fit in in Alabama. Uh, They've lost, I think, the, the talented safety. There have been a lot of transfers out of there. So we'll, we'll see how that works out. Mm-hmm. You always want to seek to test You always don't want to follow the man. You want to be the one after the one who follows the man.
2: <laughs>
3: Doctor Kemp, I'm gonna let you slide in here. What's your thoughts
0: on Michigan and Alabama, the succession coaches, uh in the future of those programs? You know, they still have 107,000 seats C- stadiums or something like that in Michigan. Kids still want to play there. What are your thoughts, Doctor Kemp?
1: Oh, I think they won't have a problem trying to fill up the stadiums. You know, of course, it'll just be um a, a, another learning curve for for each school. Um, I think I would want to follow um each one of the coaches because your name is gonna always be connected, you know, to them whether you have a winning season or a losing season. <laughs> so I think I would. <laughs> I
0: didn't think about that, that way.
1: At least your name will always be right behind their names. But no, I, I agree with what Jim said also. I think um, with all of the new rules and everything, I think Nick Saban would definitely would have continued to coach uh, a lot longer. Um, and um, it would just been exciting just to see how long he would have stayed um, in the college arena, just to mm-hmm. see how many more championships he could have won, um, as well as. Um, um, Coach Harborne also in Michigan. Um, Yeah. So um, I'm just uh, it's exciting just to see who's going to come behind them and who they would pick and and just to see um, what Coach Saban will do in retirement or if you know if he could stay in retirement um, Mm -hmm. and actually um, you know what Coach Harborn would also do in his new role um, in Mm -hmm. the NFL. All
0: right. Well. I've been waiting for a week and I feel bad because Jim was off last week and now he's back. Jim, let's move on to the pros and the playoffs. I know you're from Detroit, but let's go through it. Tell us what happened in the pros and the playoffs and and the predictions for the Super Bowl coming
3: up. Well, well, well.
0: You got to come close to the mic, Jim. Mm
3: -hmm. Okay, I'm sorry. The uh, NFL playoffs first started out with the uh, Baltimore Ravens, who everyone thought. Was going to make it to the super bowl mm-hmm. but they came across somebody named pat mahomes yep who is basically starting his career tom brady s <laughs> because he's been in starter yeah.
0: are
3: those boos or cheers on or- me they
0: cheers they cheers okay <laughs>
3: Pat Mahomes has been in the six years he started, he's been to six conference championship games, wow. winning four. Okay. So he's been, this is his fourth Super Bowl in six tries. hmm. hmm. You know, I, I hate it for Lamar Jackson because he came in, you know, he's set to be second-time MVP he didn't have a great game. But having said all of that, Baltimore is probably one of the most run-dominant teams in the NFL right now, but their offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, decided to throw a lot of passes. I think 82% of his plays were passes and totally get away from the running game, which got him there. Mm-hmm. They lost 17-10 to to Kansas City. They had two red zone turnovers. One a fumble at the goal line. Another a pass that was intercepted. And in games like this, when you have two turnovers there and three turnovers overall, you just can't get it done like that. Yeah, yeah. You just can't. Now, Now on to the second game, which I had a problem with because I was flying. Into the third quarter, on a airline which remained nameless, but they have a lot of spirit that did not have Wi Fi, <laughs> so I had to count on the captain to come in with fifteen minute interval uh, uh, update. Mm. The Lions ran, you know, ran very well in the first half. They had a twenty four seven lead. Mm-hmm. Then as I got off the plane, I saw the play where the the Lions players face spaceman, and Brandon Ayoub caught it off of that and got it down to the two yard line. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lions have played on the edge of all year. Dan Campbell likes to go for it on fourth down. You know, a lot of people are blaming him for those two fourth failed fourth down calls for the loss. But I don't think it was that. First of all, the first one, the young man should, Josh Miller should have caught the ball. It been a first down. It had gone up. The second one, yeah. But one thing you have to remember that I heard later on, the Lions have had a kicking problem all year. They not come back to bite them. Mm. But a 48-yard field goal, this kicker that they had had not kicked a 48-yard field goal successfully outside since 2020. Mm-hmm. So I don't really blame him for going for it on fourth down there. But the Lions, again, like the uh, Baltimore Ravens, decided to get away from the run game when they had the twenty-four-seven lead. They had twenty run, twenty-one runs, and twenty passes. Mm-hmm. Then they got down to the second half where they had only eight runs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you got to stick to the thing that got you there. Yeah. And, you know, the Lions, like I said, they had a fun ball. They had a couple other things happen, some penalties. But oh. overall, a good season. Yep. And you can't complain about it. Yep. yep. Even though, you know, this is the first time I've had kids to talk about it, all of my friends on the show picked the Rams to win that first game. <laughs>
0: we love, we still love it. We still love the Lions, though. They did a good job. Too. We'll, we'll give uh, a clap. Here's,
3: a, here's the thing for thought. <laughs> We've talked about that Dallas game to a blow in the face. But had that game gone the way it should and the Lions won it, they would have been the number one seed, not San mm. Francisco. So that, you know, they would have to play Green Bay, which I was scared of because that's an uh, interdivision rival. But had everything else gone like to plan, they would have played the 49ers in Detroit, not in Santa Clara. So, well, you know, games do matter yes and terms do. of that. Yes, they do. Now, hirings and firing. Think about this. Would you listen to a show that had Nick Saban and Bill Belichick a radio show or TV show? Mm -hmm. Let's do this.
0: Let's do this because I want to give it fair time or full time on the firings and also on the racial academic gaps. So let's do this because I know Steve has a a segment as well. They want to talk about Coach Joe, but we want to talk a full segment on NFL hirings and the racial gap that exists in college athletes. That's a good... 20-minute talk. And we're going to come back to that next week. So let's hold it here. We're going to take a break and then we're going to come back to the basketball. But Jim, we want to come back to those two subjects next week because they're very important, okay? We'll get it done. Sure. All right? We'll go straight to right. the commercial and then we'll be back. We'll be back, okay? Welcome back to another evening of Dr. Cliff Burton Friends, featuring the absolute very best in all the women's sports and HBCU Athletics. And of course, we're going to give you a little bit more. So tonight, Steve's special segments, uh, men's college basketball, as well as NBA, all-star game coming up, and then a special coach, Coach Ben Joe. Steve, take us.
2: All righty. Um tonight actually you know what cliff i, I i've got to mention this in 2004 uh my uh basketball team i was coaching in uh, Glencliff high school in nashville Tennessee, here in nashville tennessee and we made it to the state tournament in 2004 and tonight they're having our 20 year we're being recognized for uh you know being 20 years ago so i just wanted to say that yeah Yes, but uh, and coach Hamilton, coach Hamilton is, uh, I, if she's still on, she'll remember that. But, uh, and, uh, college basketball captain ten we have UConn number one at 18 and two Purdue at two at 19 and two North Carolina at three at 17 and three. And they're currently playing right now. And they're losing to Georgia tech, uh, halfway through the second half. Houston is 18 and two at number four. Tennessee is 15 and four. They were down to South Carolina earlier. I don't know what the score is now, but they were down to them. Wisconsin is number six at 16 and four. Duke is number seven at 15 and four. And Duke has won 11 of their last 12 games. So they're playing well and uh, people don't think they have because, but they won 11 of 12. Uh, Kansas is number eight at 16 and four. They lost one at Iowa State. Uh, It was a close game. Uh, Marquette is number nine at 15 and five. They were blowing out uh, Villanova uh, a little while ago, and Villanova has come back, and they had cut the lead to eight at last I look. Kentucky is number 10 at 15 and four. You know, I sung uh, Kentucky's praises uh, last week, and said hey if you'll just just let them play and won't say anything and then they turn around and lost to south carolina <laughs> south carolina got one player two players that can play mate they've got a decent team they got they're well coached they're yeah. well
0: coached
2: yeah And then kentucky they did turn around and beat arkansas to recover and let me tell you something, arkansas is lost mm-hmm. they are really lost uh arizona lost to oregon state at the buzzer of Jordan Pope hit a three at the buzzer to beat Arizona. I mean Oregon State <laughs> I'm not even I'm not even gonna get into it. Uh, and some teams to look out for that are playing well that uh, people may not uh, know about uh Indiana State, mm-hmm. Texas Tech uh uh Florida Atlantic went to the final four last year. they're playing good. Uh, so you got some teams to look out for Houston uh uh had two hiccups, but they have recovered well. And they are, they're only giving up 52 points a game. Is that Coach Sampson? Yeah, Coach Sampson. They're going to have to find, now they're averaging 74, but they're going to, and I know what they need to do, but, but, uh, you know, they're going to have to, uh, they've got some players like Dunn, Damian Dunn, and uh, Michael Wilson, uh, who they're going to have to, give some more time and trust to, especially offensively because Cryer and shed are going to score, but uh, they're going to need some help and sharp. Also, they're going to need some help. But uh, as far as college basketball goes right now, there is no clear cut to me. Dominant team in that top 10. Any one of them could do something in the top 25. Somebody could come up, you know, you have, I'm saying you're gonna to have to be on the lookout for St. John's. Memphis was playing well. They've hit a couple of uh, tough spots, but uh, they actually got a player back that had actually quit the team. Uh, hmm. So w- we're going to see. But uh, you know, college is gearing up. We, Steve, we're in. yeah.
0: Let me yeah. And I want to get bring Jim and Marlo in here, but we will talk about succession planning in football. But it seems to me uh, Duke with Coach uh, with Jay Shiloh. Hasn't really missed a big beat since Krzyzewski has retired. They're still on target. And also, um, North Carolina, Hubert Davis took over for Roy Williams. Both Roy and Krzyzewski are Hall of Fame coaches, but, you know, things go on. So I think it's to be commended. I think Dr. Kemp had talked about it earlier, but the job that Jay is doing down at Duke and uh, that Hubert has done at North Carolina. Dr. Kemp, chime in on on, on this, um, because North Carolina and Duke are still in the top 10, and Scheffski and Roy Williams
1: are gone. That's okay. good. Oh yeah, I, I was definitely I was listening to what um, when Steve was giving the updates, um, and they're definitely playing well. Um, and it I think it just goes back to just the fundamentals. You know, as long as you're teaching, and the kids know and learn the fundamentals, I you know I think it doesn't matter which which who's coaching. You know, as long as that coach knows the fundamentals and the kids listen. Um, but uh, I'm glad to see them. You know, I'm doing well. Continuously to do well, and I'm just excited to see what's gonna happen. Um, you know, as the tournament uh, grows closer and closer. Um, but they're they're doing it, and I'm just I'm a little bit surprised that Kentucky is um, not up there um, a highly higher or in a higher ranking. Um, and Kansas has dropped down as well. So, uh, but you know everybody's playing well. So we're just gonna see what happens as the uh, you know tournaments get closer and closer.
0: Yeah, Jim, chime in on a uh, top ten. Well, say, man.
1: just
3: like uh, football, when you play in your league, be it the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, formerly Pac-12, you're gonna have tougher games. So a lot of times it tightens up when you play. In your league. I know I've heard a stat this Afternoon that a uh, Duke has not played well at Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. I think they've only won five out of 12 games there. So, you know, these are the dog days when you get to really see what your team is about
0: mm-hmm. Steve, mm-hmm.
2: Oh, Yeah, yeah uh, That Duke Virginia Tech game was a pretty good game last night Duke Duke ended up winning uh, they are uh, they, they, they took a hit when McKenzie Mbaco, uh decided to not come to Duke because Kyle Filipowski decided to stay and, and M- M- mbako went to uh, Indiana. And so they took a hit. And like I said, they're going to have to trust the Stewart kid that they have on the bench because they're going to need another forward that can come in as far as the guards are they're fine. Their guards can compete with anybody. Uh, they are, uh, well coached. Uh, and you would think that they're having a down year the way, uh, people in the media are talking about them, but Hey, they are 15 and four. And they also had two key injuries, uh, on one of the games they lost to Wake Forest. They lost to Wake Forest. And, uh, they they had two people out. Roach was one of them, who was their senior yeah. guard with the experience. So uh, we're gonna see. Uh, like I say, when you, you're playing the you're playing the real teams, as they say now, you're playing the best competition now, and the cream will rise to the top. So yeah, they say there's no dominant team. I mean, they've got mm-hmm. some good. We got some got some good teams, but not dominant. I know uh, Marlowe mentioned Kansas, and like Kansas is not a deep team uh they've got a good baseline and they've got a, a a a good point guard and after that they're they're relatively young uh they've got two freshmen that uh play guard for them that are not quite ready and they've got a small forward who's just starting to come into his own i don't know how much he's going to be able to keep giving them as they get into the meat and potatoes of the uh, conference play though yeah all
0: right nba
2: nba <laughs> well the trade deadline is coming up february the 8th and you know at this time of year everybody's talking about what teams should do and all these teams are going to make moves and stuff like that and and i get all hyped for it and everybody gets all hyped for it and then <laughs> the deadline passes you like y'all didn't do anything y'all didn't know that y'all were gonna need help uh, the all-star game is coming up uh it'll be on uh uh, uh, excuse me, February the 18th. They have the starters picked. Mm-hmm. Uh, the starters for the east are Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton, Damian Lillard, and Jason Tatum. The yeah. starters for the west,
0: are yeah,
2: are Luca Donkin, Kevin Durant, Shade Gilders, Alexander SGA, LeBron James, and Nicola Jokic. Now, they, they're not going to pick the reserves until this Thursday. That's when they're going to pick the reserves. And uh, before I get to one thing, let me – the Milwaukee Bucks were 30-13, and 13, and they fired their coach, Adrian Griffin. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people had problems with it and uh, everything, and some people understood it. But I knew it was coming. I mean, 13-13 is good, but you could just see it. And then they regurgitated, and then they fired one mistake and hired another one. And uh, <laughs> why? Give somebody else Why? Why? I'm not going to get into it, but why? Uh, they'll see. Uh, Luka Doncic, I was watching him play in Atlanta the other night. And my wife and I were getting ready to go out to dinner. I was watching the first quarter. And she came up to see if I was ready to go. And I said, yeah, I said, Luke's going to get 60 tonight. Because mm. it was midway, a little over midway through the first quarter. And he he had almost 20. I said, and he was going. And you could tell he had it going. He was cooking. Yeah. He's going to get 60. Well, he got 73. Wow. And that's the most points uh, since Kobe's 81-point game against Toronto. And, you know, Mm -hmm. Joel Embiid had had 70 a week before and uh, uh, Devin Booker had 62. Luca comes with 73. The next night he had 28 or 29. And then the other night he had 45. In the last three games, Luca has is averaging 48.6 points, (laughs) 9.6 rebounds and 13 assists what is it, 24 years old, 24? Yeah, 24, (laughs) 24. I mean, and you think that it just looks so easy, but you don't realize how big he is and how tall he is. And um, I forgot it was a guy on NBA TV. He was like, like, he was saying, he was like Larry Bird, once he gets it up, you know, from his shooting pocket to the stroke, oh, it's money. So, I mean, uh, uh, he's special. And Devin Booker. Over the last three games, he averaged 42.6 points, yeah. seven rebounds, and six assists. Yeah, he's so, uh, uh, uh Yeah, he, he really is. Uh, Julius Randle separated his non-shooting shoulder, and they're really being optimistic about him being back by uh, February the 20th, but, the, you know, I, I just don't see it. Uh, uh, he really, you know, when you separate that shoulder and all the rehab that goes into it and you don't Mm want to rush it. The Knicks are playing well, but without him, uh, it's going to be tough. But uh, Jalen Brunson is is the real deal. I knew he could play when he was in Dallas and he was backing up Luka. And when he came in the bench, it was like, you know, this boy can play. He can keep it going. He's not Luka, but he can keep it going. But he should yeah. be in the MVP conversation. He was actually a snub, and a lot of people think he was a snub uh, as an All Star starter, and 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 I think so too. Because Matthew I mean,
0: too. Matthew too, out of Philly, yeah,
2: yeah, and uh, yeah, but you know, Next. he had he played at Villanova. He had a great college coach. Uh, his college coach was a player development guy, so you know it, it's going well for him. Ben Simmons came back. No Played his first game since uh, 1975. (laughs) He returned and he had 10 points, eight rebounds, and 11 assists. And they blew blew out Utah 147 114. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Brooklyn's got a sneaky sneaky good team. They've got a sneaky good team. I'm hoping that Ben can uh, stay healthy and play because. He has let that one game in the playoffs in Philly affect his whole career yeah. since then. So I'm hoping that uh, he'll come back. Yeah. Uh, I need to mention. You- she- yeah, go ahead.
0: go ahead. You know, you go
2: ahead. I need to mention uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's 31.3 a game, five rebounds, six assists, who sh- uh, who needs to be in the MVP conversation. I watched him play Well, I watched everybody play, but I was watching him play the other night and I mean, he's just a bucket getter. I mean, he is just eating everybody up. He's making them look Mm -hmm. bad. Victor Wimbenyama, the the rookie is averaging 20, 10 10 rebounds, three assists and 3.1 blocks. A boy shot the ball the other night and he didn't block it. He grabbed it out of the air. Mm He grabbed Steve, What you yeah. do,
0: thing? I to do this. Uh, and I want to go to 905. Forget uh, Ben Simmons for now, but I want you to talk about Coach Ben Job as we close up. I want everybody to know about Coach Ben Job. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, Ben Job uh, played his college basketball at Fisk University with my father. And they're great friends, and they remain great friends. Uh, matter of fact, the weekend that my father passed away, Ben was in town and it was a Friday and uh, that Saturday morning my father passed away, but he got to spend some time with Ben that uh, the evening before he passed away, but they played college ball together. He um, he was an assistant coach to Bobby Crimmins at uh, Georgia Tech. Uh, he was an assistant coach at the University of Denver uh he 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 cut his chops he was uh, along the lines of a uh john mcclendon especially as far as offensive basketball but you know everybody has this thing about uh we want the ball shot every seven seconds we should be getting a shot up every seven seconds now a lot of coaches talk that and they don't mean it ben minute because yeah, yeah. I watched them play one night, and it was actually right before I came to Fisk to play with you all. I had uh, left the team at Tennessee State, and uh, this is when uh, Ben was coaching at Alabama A&M at the time. And um, I was at the game because, you know, I was able to see my teammates. I was still close to them, but I made the decision to transfer. And they came in, and they had a guard put up 38 and the power forward put up 37 and they beat uh beat us 106 to 96 and i was talking to him after the game and i said man I, that was just enjoyable i i've never seen ball played like that i loved he said oh he was off tonight <laughs> mm-hmm. Talk about the kid dropping all these bombs he was off tonight but uh, he wanted to be getting up at least a hundred shots a night, a mm-hmm. hundred shots a night. And when I came to fist to play uh, Cliff and we were on the team together, I remember Ben calling my father and uh, I was talking to him on the phone, and he was like, "What what kind of offense are you all running?" And I said, "We're running the motion, just about like everybody." I said, "Are y'all running the motion?" And Ben said to me shoot no we ain't running the motion we don't pass but 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 three times if anything over three times i get it i get nervous so we don't pass more than three times but he was an innovator he um he just had a natural feel for the game and who could play he was great at identifying talent and he was actually supposed to be the head coach at tennessee state university he came in for an interview and the plan was for him to be the head coach in Tennessee state, uh, Johnny Carey to be his assistant and me to be his grad assistant. Mm. So I was looking forward to that. He came in, had a great interview. He came by our house he and his wife were looking at houses in our neighborhood and basically the job was his and then he calls my father and he said do you know they want me to come back for another interview so he didn't take the job yeah so that goes it's par for the course with my university and their backwards hiring processes
3: Uh,
0: whoever (laughs) they
2: interview whoever is the third or fourth best candidate that's who's going to get the job
0: all right, we're going to wrap it up. But uh, also, he did coach Avery Johnson for those of our listeners who did he He did he coach
2: Avery, Avery and um, yeah. uh, Avery had Ben Joe and Greg Popovich, two of the best coaches you could ever have, and, and didn't pick up anything. But uh, right. okay. I'm going to we stop go. there. <laughs> right. Thanks so
0: much, Steve. Great job. Uh, coach Ben Joe, we're highlighting many of our African American great coaches. He's one of them. You know, We talked about John Thompson, uh, Big House Gaines, and um, and uh, and John McClendon. We'll continue to highlight that. We'll be back. I want to say thank you, uh, Dr. Kemp, James, Steve. Great night. Uh, share the word. But February 13th, we'll be having Coach Heather Pavlik on the show. She is the coach of the Division Three, two time national champions in volleyball the Juniata eagles and they are presently riding a 65 game winning streak we are looking forward to that and so we'll see everybody back in 168 hours from now thanks so much everybody continue to spread the word about the show you have to prepare so much so these nights are welcome too <laughs> you know what i'm saying trust me mm-hmm. I'm like, oh you want guests every week hell no 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 two a month max really is what we want mm-hmm. <laughs> no nah, seriously you're trying to you know we've had some other people that wanted to guess with us and you know we could load up to three or four months but no Uh uh-uh. you know so this is a good night here we have about 27 engagements still the way it works is if we get ninety some people who engage, you get well download some. But if you only get a certain amount, then other people then will be downloading the next week. So it's all good. It's all good. It was a good show
3: though. It was a good show. Yeah, yeah, it was a good. Well, let me end it. Yeah, it was a good show.